Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for January 14, 2020. I'm trying to hype myself up. I'm Pat Contry, alongside Ian Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how Ian feels. All right, he's enthusiastic for you all out there. What is this, episode number 194? 194. 194. Uh, on, on, on episode 194, not, not counting some of our live appearances, it's officially 194. Uh, mm. Pokemon Direct, uh, Xbox One X, won't have first-party exclusive games for, for a year. Allegedly, um, and a couple of things we, we forgot to talk about from CES... Uh, catch up, and as well as some Heritage Auction uh, sealed WADA game news we'll, we'll, we'll discuss there. Ian, how was your weekend? It was good. Um, spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Uh, I did uh, recorded two episodes of uh, Extra Napkins in one day. That was fun. Wow, you do a rock block. Uh, yeah, that was... Well, uh, what are some of the topics? Uh, let's see, what did we... What did Marmalades? We, no, what did we discuss this week? We discussed cooking shows. Okay. And then we um we uh ditched the monthly videos uh for Patreon and then we we just added a bonus episode and uh where we go and like review restaurants and we did Chiba Hut uh this week. Okay. Chiba Hut's a little sandwich chain, um but it's all like stoner themed. I never heard of that before. It's very very good. Okay. I I I I highly highly Man, that place taught me the joys of a pizza sub with cream cheese on it. I don't think I ever had a pizza sub. Holy shit, you've never had a pizza sub? So, wait, hold on. It's mozzarella cheese, then cream cheese on top of it? So, it's like a pizza sub in general is, I mean... I've heard of it. It's what you would think it is. It's it's pizza sauce, it's mozzarella, it's usually pepperoni, salami, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, toasted up nice. On a bun. On a a roll. Nice, nice, like, garlic roll. Sturdy roll. Um, So, just double the carbs. But, uh, yeah, at this place, uh, you can get uh, cream cheese. And, okay, uh, and it, I'm just I'm fucking telling you, cream cheese is a great thing, and uh, pizza uh, yes. sub with cream cheese is wonderful. We, so good. We we know my bagel saga with, with my uncle, but I do like cream cheese. Yeah, God, it's so good. It's so it's so awful for you, but I oh, it's but it's it. so good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love cream cheese. Anyways, uh, Philadelphia cream cheese. I must have ate it like eight times a week when I was a kid. And I made a really good gravy last night. You made a good gravy. I made a, a good turkey gravy. gravy? Uh, like a, a beef gravy from beef dri- gravy from from drippings. I Some did drippings. A, did a pot roast. That sounds hot. Oh, it was good. Anyways, that was my weekend. It was it was uh, drippings. It was <laughs> my 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 uh, yeah. So we did that, uh, and then I uh, finished up The Witcher. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was good. I mean, I'll I'll watch more of it. Um, I'm not as like all gung ho about it. I think as, as some other people are, but it, it was a it was a worthwhile expenditure of my eight hours or whatever it was. I felt like garbage this weekend. I was I was going to edit a flea market manus video. And I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like I, I'm just being run down. I'm leaving a little sick today. So I, I watched, uh, I've been, my new thing is just documentaries. I love documentaries now, um, documentary series. So I watched um, Wild Wild Country, and that was excellent. It, it was about the- Yeah, you're telling me about uh, that when I got to watch that. Osho uh, Semi-Cult, 
kind of cult-ish. Uh, the, the people that set up a whole town, really. They set up a commune in, in Oregon, bought all this land. They set up a fully functioning town. Then they invaded the town and bought property because they tried to force them out. A, a big power struggle politically in Oregon. Oh, Oregon yeah, okay. I know the story you're talking fascinating. about. Fascinating. You, yeah. you can't make it up. So I watched that. Uh, and then afterwards, I watched the disappearance of uh, Madeline McCann, which was about the uh, British couple that their their three year old was uh, disappeared in the middle of the night. Three or four year old disappeared in the in the middle of the night when they're on vacation in Portugal, and it's just like, and then it was just so the, the twists and turns, and then them at odds with the Portuguese police because then the Portuguese police turned on them, and then everyone turned on them, which was like people were like, what? How can you blame them when you have no evidence? And then manufactured evidence, and they still haven't found her, and it's just really just. Uh, like you're just like oh my god this is just horrible how this happened but you know something good came out of the end that they, they like they brought down a whole pedophile ring uh, with one of the private investigators that were hired to find her so like there was some good well came that's out of the good end. yeah because he was I mean this private investigator was trying to trying to track her down however means necessary and you gotta you gotta go to the underbelly of the world to try to do this stuff um, and, and then but, but they never found her and it, it's one of those things where you know, you can't give up hope because there are, there are stories that come out every year about kids that are gone for 10, 15 years that are found. Sure. That aren't, uh, ended up being killed. And it's one of those things where you hope it's one of those situations. But it's like, oh my God, I could I can't imagine being a parent in a situation not knowing what happened to my kid. That's just like the biggest nightmare you could have, you know. And, and it really showed how awful the news was in treating them. Um, and even treating people that were even just remotely connected and just accusing everyone around that was in that the, yeah. that commu- that was like a, a you know beach a Portuguese resort there, just just you know but you you, you have to love um you have to love nonfiction uh, and then I ended up the weekend watching it's a short documentary it was like forty five minutes something I had heard of but didn't know there was a documentary uh, it was about um, a guy in L A accused of murder um and then he didn't know at first he was at a Dodgers game then he was at the Dodgers game. But they couldn't really find evidence he was there at the Dodgers game. They, it's their word, you know, the family against against the prosecutors. And then end up where he actually is on tape when they, they filmed. That was the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they went to Dodger Stadium. If you ever saw that one, where he brings um maybe uh, Larry uh, uh, hires an escort, a prostitute, so he can use the the the, the carpool lane and get to the game quicker. It's that episode. It's one of the earlier episodes. It's hysterical. Oh and yeah, so, okay, yeah. So I, the I, guy's on screen one. with his daughter. At the game, and that helped exonerate him. Otherwise, it was like this guy could have went to prison forever for a crime he clearly didn't, you know, commit. But the prosecutors were all gung ho uh, that he was the guy based upon um, uh, eyewitness uh, account that that oh that was the guy I saw him and it wasn't him, obviously. So just you know, more of a light, lighter hearted one day <laughs> weekend for crime documentaries there. So uh, real quick, you can pick up CU podcast Navel pins at ultimatenintendo.com. We sold a few last week, Ian. Pin our faces on yourself. Yes. Our, our, our lovelier cartoon uh, visage. Visage? Is it visage? Visage. Visage. I believe visage? Is how it's pronounced. Visage. visage. <laughs> like a visual massage. Also, you can get a certain NES and Super Nintendo guidebook there. And soon, Ian, you'll be able to purchase, not for resale, a video game documentary at the web store as well. Whoa, wow. In, in Blu-ray form. And I'm trying to figure out the Holy digital smokes. Ones. Holy smokes. I don't know if I should just start kicking Ian in his shin sometimes when he smokes <laughs> for saying this stuff. And uh, I'll have the trailer on there. Speaking of trailers, Ian, we got we got a couple uh, to discuss. I don't know if we have to watch the Morbius one. Did you, did you see the Morbius trailer? No, I don't care. 
Uh, so Morbius uh, is the Jared Leto led uh, in association with Marvel, they say, because it's not MCU movie, but they're trying to elbow you to think it is. So they're like, from the studio that brought you Spider-Man uh, Homecoming and Far From Home. That was really, you know, Marvel Studios that produced it. We won't say anything there. So they're trying to like make it seem that it's MCU, but it's clearly not. But in the trailer, there's a poster of, of Spider-Man on the side saying murderer, which references, spoilers, the end of Far From Home. And then they put in Michael Keaton as Vulture for no reason at all, just to... Be, have you go, oh, I remember him from the first Spider movie uh, saying, hey, what's up, Doc? To Jared Leto as he walks by. Because I guess Morbius is a doctor. I didn't know he was Doctor Strange, a, a doctor that becomes a vampire. Uh, it, it's a vampire movie. It's Morbius. Doctor he, Vampires, he's my a, favorite soap opera. Morbius is a C plus lister Marvel anti hero that I guess people will see this if they saw Venom, but Venom's a lot more well known than Morbius. But it's so weird because Jared Leto was just tossed aside unceremoniously as Joker. He's never going to play Joker again in the in the DCEU, which is in shambles right now. But I am looking forward to the new Batman movie, by the way, which has nothing to do with the last Batman with Affleck. I don't think I'm, I'm looking forward to anything DC at this point. It's it's. it's I was kind of hoping to. I thought maybe we were getting to a point where I could, but... I, there's the there's, fucking trailer for 84 like I want to see it but it looks good I think it looks good it's, yeah I just it was fun the first Wonder Woman it was it was great and I was excited for a sequel but I just your I'm heart's less, just like I'm no. just less excited now I think uh, it's like we talked about it I think it's partially the nostalgia it's like oh let's milk the 80s fucking grab it by the teats and pull as hard as we can um, it, it's a combination of that and the fact that I'm just kind of superheroed out well someone said to me in terms of uh, Back to the Future if they made Back to the Future today, they'd go back to 1990. Which put it in perspective. Really put it in perspective how how old we are and how much time has has uh, passed. Yeah. In the 80s, 55, which is like, trying to think of 55 now, that's like another century. It literally is another century, but that's like another yes. world. <laughs> yes, but that's it like, is. But it's another world to think of 1955. Even 85 is like another world. But not like 55, because 85, you, you had computers and some technology. 55, 55, you had none of it. You mean 85, yeah. Oh, so I mean, yeah, 85, you had like, I could live in 85 and be happy. I probably could, even knowing what I know now. At 55, there's no way in hell I'd be able to, you know, live and enjoy anything. We don't have anything that... Well, there's lots uh, of video games for you to not play in 1985, so it'd be, you'd be all right. But but we had video games. It's the thing. Like we had yeah. everything, almost everything we had, we had in '85, except for like the internet, we really didn't have yet. CompuServe and you know we we had the bulletin boards, the, the BBSs, which BBSs. you were on, but I wasn't. So like that's the point. Anyway, what I was trying to say, yeah, thirty years can be a, a, a big amount of time or not, depending upon where you are. We're in a period of time now where technology is is going up exponentially. In in you know what I mean, like so. Now you can't imagine 30 years from now when you have nanites inside of our bodies like curing broken cells when no one will have diseases in probably 50 years from now that we're on the cusp of something great here that me and you are going to miss out on. We're All right, just, well, that's just, the Morbius we're just, trailer. We're just missing the Morbius immortality. That's what I'm trying to get to here. But we also have a, a trailer for Super Nintendo Land that I want you to watch. I already watched it. You did watch it. Yeah. Damn it. I wanted, you to, I wanted to get your first impressions of it. Uh, of you seeing it about what that was. My first how impressions were not is. good. Um, I almost feel like we put it on the background again. It It's a music video that's advertising a theme park where 
I don't know what I'm supposed to th- think while I'm watching this trailer. Well, that's what I that's what I said uh, last night. I so we were alerted to uh you know this dropping sometime last night yeah. I think was when it came out. And so I stopped what I was doing, which was playing Mario Kart, uh and loaded up the old YouTube uh on the Switch. Real handy. <laughs> Turn that dial. Turned that dial and uh, pulled it up. And, uh, like, I don't know, pe- people weren't really saying anything, but they seemed excited. So I pulled it up and watched it with Vani, and I... I mean, <laughs> Vani was almost like, I'm less excited now. It Whatever it was trying to do, I don't think it did a good job. Um, it showed everyone, you know, the, 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 when that, I, this is a joke I, I've been made ever since ever since the, the Switch came over, everyone playing a Nintendo console is between the ages of, like, 18 and 24. There's, like, this weird age range that they're, like, dead set on. This is our demographic. No sure. one really old, almost no one really young even in the video. I'm like, everyone's older. That's like, advertising, Pat. That's advertising. It's yeah, but the, it's, they're it's even the era. getting away from the kid part, which is weird when you watch Nintendo's advertising in the past few years. I'm just saying it's strange. That's all. Um... So basically, it shows people running around a CG uh, Mario world. Uh, the best thing I can say about it is that it's probably trying to show people what it might look oh, like. Oh no, there's kids at the end there. Okay. But it doesn't show any actual shots of the park in construction. Uh, it doesn't show any like actual themes. Any, and it doesn't show any actual chunks of rides. All it really does is convey the idea. Okay, we're going to have a super. We're going to have a Nintendo themed theme park. Uh, and you're going to use your phone while you're there. You're, you're, there's a couple shots of people on the phones connecting or what have you. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it shows. It shows some like Mario Kart. It shows, it shows some the Mario Kart platform stuff. It shows the Mario Kart. It shows uh, some platform stuff. It shows people dashing towards a a, a flagpole. It shows um, people avoiding fireballs with a smile on their face and also uh, running away from thwomps. Uh, like that's like they're oh we're running away yeah. from getting crushed and I'm like huh it shows the Yoshi it shows like the uh, bunch of Yoshi's on the um, on, on the mountain so I mean looking the the only thing I did was I looked at it and then I kind of pulled up the images that we talked about and like the the layout of the park uh-huh. and it looks like what they show in the commercial is kind of similar to what they were talking about in that leak that we discussed. Sure. But that's about it. There's, like I said, there's really no, nothing in that, in in the trailer gives you any idea as to really what it's going to look like or be like when you get there. It's a bunch of CG in action sequences. When I think back and in, in, back into the good days in New Jersey, whenever I'd see commercials for the Great Westchester County Fair, you might, you might have seen commercials for that even in Buffalo. No. No, you didn't? Okay. West Chester County was a little closer to me. Or seeing uh, Bowcraft Amusement Park commercials. Shout out to Bowcraft. Rest in peace. Or great, uh, Six Flags Great Adventure. You, you have Six Flags in New York? Yeah. So whenever those commercials had... Remember, sort of. Remember the, the weird old guy dancing to Venga Boys, We Like the Party? Yes. And things like that. Um, you saw pictures of the park. Right. And rides and people... Whenever they had to remember Fright Fest, they showed people, oh, do the haunted uh, yeah. hayride and do this. The point is, is, like, you saw what was being advertised that you could do. Here, this is a weird CG mock-up of your experience, but they do have, they have a dance routine and, and weird stuff that you're probably not going to do at the park. So, at this point, to me, it's almost like a teaser awareness trailer, but they advertise it even as a music video where world-class hit maker Charlie Gal- XCX. Galantis... And world, they say worldwide popular singer Charlie XCS collaborated to create the Super Nintendo World music video. I was like, well, you hired him to do it. So, I mean, it's just strange to me. Obviously, it's probably too early 
Uh, they're trying to get this for the Tokyo Olympics, which makes sense, and that's later, obviously, in the summer. Yeah, I mean, the trailer so, says, you know, come play this summer. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be too cynical about it, but I felt nothing watching this. No, neither I thought did I. I feel something. I'm excited for the idea of a Nintendo theme park. I think it'll be fun, but this is the sort of like trailer that I would expect them to put out when they announced the idea of it. Like this is something that I would have thought I'd see like a year or two years ago, not six months before the park is supposed to open. Comes off a little cultish the video, I have to say. Everyone's wearing the Mario hats and everyone's smiling and Yeah. It's it's a little It uh... wasn't it wasn't a good trailer. I didn't I didn't I don't think it did what it set out to do. Okay, there are some they are they do sprinkle on the young kids. There's no one over the age of twenty four in this video. I just think it's interesting. That's all. You gotta have some old people running around like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be there, fucking, with my knee brace on, <laughs> knee brace on, with your with your hot Yoshi cane, Yoshi colored uh, walking stick. Yeah. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they don't have those. Maybe they do. I don't know. Well, check out the trailer there. I think it's interesting. And uh, uh, speaking of Nintendo announcements, Ian, what do we got going on in the Pokemon world? So uh, last week, uh, th- by the way, this is the official crossover from intro into um, the actual podcast. Just want people. It's, to know. Well, it's an audio podcast. Well, you need a designation for the video. Uh, I'm segment. just saying. You know, I mean, we're officially now into the meat and potatoes <laughs> of the podcast. We're out of the intro. We're out of zone. the hors d'oeuvres. Out of the intro. Get in the zone. The intro zone. Um, so last week there was a uh, new Pokemon Direct. Um, they announced some stuff. Uh, there was, I'd, I'd say, there's two big things they announced. Um, the first is the expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, the expansion pass is thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. Um, <laughs> me money. Uh, Did you go for a three stooges thing there? For no, a that was that was, Mr. It? that was Mr. Krabs. I don't, oh, okay. I don't, from SpongeBob. <laughs> me money. I don't know what's going on. Um, so for thirty bucks, uh, it's going to come out in two chunks, uh, two doses, two squeezes, two pinches. <laughs> what is wrong with me right now? Um, the Isle of Armor expansion comes in June, and the Crown Tundra comes in uh, the fall window. Fall window. There's fall no window. There's no absolute. Don't, don't fall into the window. It's the fall window. No. Um, I think uh, it, it, it's interesting. So uh, this is going to add uh, new areas to the game. Um, new areas that, uh, according to uh, the news that is out there, the news, um, uh, you'll be you'll be able to access without um, having completed the main game. So oh. kind of like, uh, I don't know why this is what I'm thinking of, but like when you get an expansion for say like uh, like a Skyrim or a, a something like that, you don't, it, it's not a sequential like expansion. It's not necessarily post-game stuff. You can go and do. You can go immediately. You can play. go immediately and play. Sure. Um, it's going to add new wild areas. Um, wild areas were like the wild area. I shouldn't say areas. The wild area in uh, Sword and Shield was one of the big new things that they did in Pokemon this time around. It's a um, kind of like a little open world segment that you can run around and explore. Uh, you can catch Pokemon in it. It's not like a route or a, like a defined path necessarily like usually you find in Pokemon games. Um, the big thing you do in the wild area is you can um, do... Uh, you can uh, fight um, Dynamaxed or Giant Pokemon uh, with other people. Um, and it's, it was my favorite part of the new game. 
Um, you could do like camping and cooking and uh, you could do some multiplayer stuff. Uh, you couldn't really meet up necessarily with other people, but you, you would see like other people running around and playing. Um, so they're going to expand upon that. Uh, the Crown Tundra, which is the later expansion, is going to be adding uh, some other sort of co-op uh, gameplay in, uh, which will be interesting to see. Um, the big deal is it's adding, over over the course of the two expansions, over 200 Pokemon that are not currently available Oh, in Sword okay. and Shield. So people that were pissed that their Pokemon wasn't in there, they might be coming back. They might be coming back. So oh. there's going to be 200 more that are added. Um Interestingly, and I think this is a good thing, uh, you know, a lot of people have been uh, complaining about how, oh, they're hiding Pokemon behind a paywall. Well, in a way, uh, if you want to catch them in Sword and Shield, you'll need the expansion. Okay. However, if you don't buy the expansion pass, you'll still be able to transfer those 200 Pokemon into Sword and Shield using Pokemon Home. Once they do, once they do the expansion. No. That's even, what I just said. Before. You don't need the expansion. If you don't oh, no, buy, the, buy me once the expansion's oh, out, once the expansion's they'll out, be yes. in the game in order to do it. Right. So even if you don't buy the expansion, but say you have them in a they'll copy of Sun and Moon or X and Y or whatever, so, and you have them on Pokemon Home, you'll so be Pokemon able to Home transfer them in. Is a cloud service they're coming out with. Yes. Okay. That, that's another thing that they mentioned. Uh, that I didn't get a whole lot of news on. I don't think they nailed the price for it. It's coming in February. Let's you store monsters with Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Sword and Shield. You'll be able to transfer your po- monsters from Pokemon Bank on 3DS to Home. Yep. Then they'll be available in Sword and Shield if they appear in the in the Galar Pokedex. Right. That's the old one, the old Pokedex. Galar Pokedex is the Pokedex uh, for the Galar region, which is so, Sword and Shield. So in theory. At some point in time later this year, you're going to have a majority of the Pokemon will be back into this. A majority. So I think there's like 400 or something in Sword and Shield. If they're adding 200, that takes you up to 600. Uh, there's, I think, like 850 or something. Okay. So you're still missing some. Um, I still understand why people would be upset about losing legacy Pokemon. I still think it's something that does not need to be as big of a deal as it has been. You know, you should threaten developers. Yeah, things, definitely right? don't do that. Because my, my pocket monster um, friend is in a game. It's just, this is how the game is going to be now. And I, I think and I, I think they're going to keep doing well, it forward. Uh, going forward, I think they will stick with this idea. And I think it's it, it looks... I've mentioned it before, but I think this is kind of like a trading card game uh, rotation system. I think they're going to rotate them in, uh, in and out uh, for various generations. And maybe, maybe this is just the new uh, way they do business, whether you like it or not, where they'll just do like DLC of, of different banks of characters over time. Maybe next year they do another... You know, another who knows set of characters. Why not? Maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe that's the way they look at it. Well, it's not worth our time to do all whatever nine hundred at once. But if you want to buy them, we'll put them in. Uh, um, <clears throat> so the big thing, uh, the other thing that I would mention here is um, this is in lieu of a special edition. Um, Pokemon, with the exception of X and Y, has always had a special edition game. Uh, there was Yellow, uh, there was Crystal, um, Emerald. Platinum, uh, er, my brain, uh, black and white too. Uh, they skipped one for X and Y, and then uh, there was Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So the special editions combined everything. So the special editions didn't exactly combine it, but they did sort of like this. Does it will it adds like something new to okay. the main story, like a new area or a new like 
part to like the story of the game. Sometimes they change the story. Some of them have different stories entirely. Like uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon have different stories. Black and White Two have different stories. Okay. But the game itself stays mostly the same. Um, they would charge full price for those. So on the 3DS or DS, that'd be like forty bucks. Um, so this is ten bucks cheaper. And um, the big thing is, you don't have to play through everything again to experience the new stuff. This is stuff that once you get the once this DLC comes out and it's in the game, you don't have to play through the whole story again just to experience the new stuff. You can jump in. It's just modifying your existing game. Okay. So the special edition doesn't give you both versions of the game before. It just adds No, it's on. a new it's a new version it's a of the new game. Ver- it's, it's a third it's, version. It's, it's okay. a third version, usually with some okay. added content. Okay, uh, so you still have the choice of which one you want to buy, but they're trying to get you to rebuy it again for the new content. For the new content. Instead, sure. this, makes, this obviously makes far more sense. I feel like this has been the route they should have gone uh, as soon as it was an option, just make that new content DLC. Well, they got to figure it out with doing like three versions of almost the same game. Uh, every 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 console, yeah, <laughs> they got they they got it down pat. I would say. So okay, so thirty bucks we've available for purchase. It's already available for purchase. Uh, it, well, you can purchase the pass. It gives yeah. you uh, costumes, the extra, and you, like a little bit of content. Um, very little. You can catch. Uh, uh yeah fuck slowpoke slowpoke who's yeah. slowpoke you can catch a galarian slowpoke uh it's a dopey looking pokemon is it cute it's cute it's cute and dumb there's also the announcement of the pokemon mystery dungeon rescue team dx this is that? the one i'm real excited about okay um so uh mystery dungeon so mystery dungeon by chunsoft is a series it's a group of games um there are all sorts of them there are um uh, Dragon Quest ones, there are Final Fantasy ones with Chocobos, there are standalone ones that use their own characters um, and then a very popular uh, subset of that was the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series which started with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red on the Game Boy Advance and Mystery Dungeon Blue which was on the DS. Uh, these are remakes of those two games combined essentially um, with a nice new art style. Um, they are turn based like you move, enemies move roguelikes they're dungeon okay. crawlers um they're generally fairly difficult games although the pokemon ones are usually a bit easier uh but they're still fairly difficult um and there's a demo out now uh i beat the demo already i love these types of games i love dungeon crawlers and roguelikes i love hard games where dying means you lose all your items and shit like that uh and this is one of those um, <laughs> you gotta be careful you can't just yeah go in willy-nilly so um this is cool uh one of the things that i like about the pokemon mystery dungeon series that is different than the mainline series well besides everything i mean the gameplay is entirely different is uh you don't play as a trainer you actually play as a pokemon and the pokemon talk to each other and have dialogue so it actually adds some personality to pokemon that you normally don't get in the main games where they just they're animals. They they sure. chitter. They say their name over and over again. Um, uh, the fun thing about the mystery dungeon uh, games is like at the beginning, um, you'll take like a little quiz. It'll ask you a bunch of questions, and it will assign you a Pokemon based on the answers. Oh, okay. And there's like personality. Yeah, sort of? there's like twelve that's... or fifteen of them. I'm not certain. Okay, that's um, cute. It is. Uh, you, you, you get like RPG points as, uh, assigned to, or now you just start with your Pokemon. You start with the Pokemon, and I mean you have stats and all that. Yes. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I'm very much looking forward to this. This comes out in March. I was hoping for a meteor demo. Um, some RPG demos that have been coming out lately, like say the uh, 
Um, Dragon Quest XI one is like 10 hours long. Jesus uh, Christ, 10-hour ups- demo? Yeah, I was upset when this was over in like an hour. <laughs> you want a 10-hour demo? you got to pay for that. 10 well, hours? I, I, well, the thing is, is like... <laughs> Holy like, shit, Ian. <laughs> I, I would be fine with an hour-long ga- demo if I could go out and buy the game that I was playing immediately. Now I'm just going to sit around. <laughs> ten, I, I want the, hours. I didn't. Why These did, games are 10 hours long. I mean, they are. I, I, I just I want more. I'm upset that I can't go buy it now. I like Mystery Dungeon. I like those games. I was thinking of like playing like those shareware Doom and Wolfenstein aren't ten hours long. Those are like you can beat those in like. Oh, I know. I'm not saying every demo should be ten hours. I'm just saying coming off the heels of something like that, I was hoping. I was hoping I might get lucky. Ian got excited. I might get lucky with a very long demo. He wants his mystery. I want to play it now. He wants his mystery dungeon. Well, you're excited. That's good. Uh, it's, it's not, you can be excited about games. Just don't be. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I'm excited about this. Just don't. You the know, Pokemon wear little bandanas around their neck to signify that they're part of a rescue team. It's adorable. They all look so great in their oh, little you, scarves. You, you, follow, you, you get a whole band of them. You can. Oh yeah, you yeah you, yeah. You team up with a bunch. Yeah, your of Pokemon. Them. You all get together is, is and you po- rescue other Pokemon. Is my Poliwhirl in there? It's heartwarming. I'm so excited. <laughs> Poliwhirl's my my dude because the only one I really know about. Poliwrath. You like the do you like the buff one? There's a buff Poliwhirl? Yeah. Poliwrath. Poliwhirl was the... Back in the late 90s, Jersey Shore, back when Pokemon was first becoming a thing, they had, you know... Look they, at this fucker. He's strong as shit. Oh, yeah. Poliwhirl's my dude. That's Poliwrath. That's okay. Poliwrath. Poly, Poly's my Pokemon. Anyway, um, they they had the Crane ga- games. This is They're probably worth money. This is like the original plushes they had. Like, 97, 96 was, there, was probably like the first run. And I got a Poliwhirl. So that, that was my guy. He's put him in my car. Put him in my Geo Prism. <laughs> Back in the late nineties, I didn't know. I was like, "Oh, this is cute. This guy's ripped to the tits." Is he in Sword and Shield? Uh, actually, I don't be- know. He better be. I have no idea. I'm going to send a nasty email to someone if my Poliwhirl's not in there. Don't even joke about it. Polyrath, <laughs> Sword, Shield. Is, is he in there? Doesn't look like. Oh, uh, well, now I don't want it anymore. Yeah. My childhood is ruined. Do you see how it works? Yeah. My childhood sucks. Ruined. Sucks now. Sucks. Life has no meaning anymore for me, unfortunately. So. So, moving on. Some retro gaming news. This yeah. this broke a, a few days ago. I've reached out to the owner for, for comments as I've communicated with them before. Our JJ Games, which is one of the larger online retro game uh, retailers. You know, if you, you think back to like uh, DK Oldies was one of them. On eBay, that had a huge. Uh, there was always two or three on eBay. JJ, DK, Lukey, Lukey Games. Those are like the three big ones. There's always like a fourth one, maybe. I used to buy manuals from a lot of them back when I was trying to get my manuals collection up because sometimes I do like buy two get one free or things. By the way, so JJ Games is also responsible for PriceCharting.com. They run PriceCharting, came up with it, which is a great tool. Uh, a lot of a lot of other websites use it. Uh, the NES uh, app uses it uh, for game pricing. Is it 100% accurate? No, but it's the best thing you sort of have when it comes to this. And I communicate with JJ in the past. JJ also in the past has owned things like uh, he owned uh, one of the, I think one of the campus challenges uh, going back. And then he owned the, uh, sold an NWC car within the past couple of years. Did a giveaway, I believe, for the NWC off the top of my head. So they did, he's a big time collector as well. He's been, been in the sort of the heart of the retro game community for a long time, been a part of it. So on January 10th, they announced on Facebook that they're going out of business. Uh, thank you for 20, year, 20 great years of gaming. I've been truly blessed as the owner of JJ Games. JJGames.com started in my college dorm room and has provided for me and all our employees for many years. Unfortunately, the gaming world has changed. Not as many people want physical games anymore. We aren't selling enough stuff to keep the lights on. 
Over the next few weeks, we'll be liquidating all our games, consoles, and hardware. Prices will decrease every day until the stuff sells. Please check check back every day for deals. So now it's started. When you go to the website, you, you see the prices, and it's based off their they're probably off their price charting. Then it's probably going to decrease you know percentages and take value off of there. And um, um, I, I I have mixed feelings about this, and I don't know exactly what this tells me. Uh, this is a large uh, retailer. There's a picture on the Facebook page of, you know, they have their little warehouse of all their inventory lined up there. And it's interesting because, um, as, Ian, as, as you stated, uh, console generation's popularity, it goes through the years. It wanes. It gets more popular than it decreases again. Yeah. So I'm wondering what percentage of inventory. I actually sent out an email as soon as I found out. I don't know if I've heard back. I'll check. I'll, I want to ask, you know, what consoles are selling and what isn't. You know, if it's cartridge based, obviously NES has been sliding down. You would say even 16-bit have been sliding down for a few years now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the 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 most popular stuff we're selling right now is definitely it's now disc based. 64, GameCube, uh, and we're starting to see a lot of uh, interest in PS2 again. So I so I wonder if if this is maybe maybe the problem is there's too much N64 inventory, um, there's too much NES inventory laying around. Because, you know, we're talking about businesses like this. Uh, this isn't, you know, like, like a video game store, people walk in the door. They use bots, potentially, and they buy stuff online. They buy lots of games. Right. And they buy stuff that's cheap. But when you think about the accumulation of, of potential inventory over years and years of this, who knows? They could have, like, you know, 50 copies of uh, NES Ninja Turtles laying around. That it's hard to yeah. get rid of. They could have, depending on what yeah. kind of scale they're buying, and that wouldn't. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. There would be easy to do. There, that, there are games. You know? There are games that we have copies of that we will never. I mean, you we'll have just like thirty bases loaded, probably right. A lot of bases loaded. A lot of golf. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and you have to pay to get them. Say ten years ago, but doesn't mean you're going to ever sell them. Right. Or make your money back even if you sell them. So it could be one of those situations. Yeah, it's one of those things that comes, whether you're buying lots or doing trade-ins, you know, to a degree, you can pick and choose what you want when you're doing trade-ins, but most of the time you don't. The customer's going to be happier if you take everything. So yeah, you accumulate stuff that you will just, you'll never need. You'll never have to get rid of, or you'll never be able to get rid of normally. Um, oh, you actually responded back. Right. Uh, I, I did say it was for the podcast, so I, I don't think there'd be a problem uh, sharing some of this. Uh, some of the issues causing our, our clothes are specific to JJ Games and others seem to be industry-related. Sales have been down in 2018 and 19. 2017 was one of our best years ever, but halfway through 2018, there seemed to be a Google change that pushed our content lower on search results. Oh, it could be something with SEO there, too. Uh, this was the biggest impact in 2018, but sales on eBay were still strong for us. In 2019, it declined in all locations. It is always hard to say that any decline is industry-related or company-specific. Anecdotally, from talking with our customers, there are fewer casual buyers than there used to be. Yeah, it seems that way. People I, who I are buying... So. People who are buying a game for their kid or buying a system to relive their childhood. I think many of those people are co- content to play digitally or buy one of those mini consoles with all the games included. We postulated for many people that would be okay. Sure. NES, uh, NES is still strong, and so are GameCube and SNES. Genesis has been much slower now that their virtual console device came out. Price charting is doing well and traffic is up versus last year, so there are still game buyers and sellers out there. But price charting focuses on the collector's market and not so much on the casual. So I think collectors are still strong, but casual buyers are not. There you have it. Uh, GameStop-wise, I did ask him this because I'd heard this rumor. Um, GameStop, 
wise, we used to be a large buyer of GameStop retro games. Mm. Well, GameStop, I guess, decided to pivot, what was it, like a year or so ago. But only their cosmetically damaged stuff. We bought hundreds of thousands of dollars worth from them over the last few years, but that inventory totally dried up in the middle of 2019. That's when they stopped, I think, taking a lot of it in. Yeah. Uh, we don't buy from them anymore because they have nothing to sell. Okay. So that was one of the things I was thinking about. Maybe they bought too much from GameStop, and they were, and now they were stuck with it. I thought that maybe that was sure. hard, but it sounds like uh, they bought hundreds. This is told you the scale of the business. They bought hundreds of thousands of dollars of stuff just from GameStop. That's nuts. This is a huge business. Yeah. Uh, we, we, say, we say DK Oldies, Luke K Games, and, and maybe one others, and then you have... Uh, so, they, so, so for them, any is still strong. So it's really the casual market disappearing. Yeah. Um, but that also affects prices overall because then you have less buyers in general. Uh, but the casual buyer, that's interesting because the casual buyer is what starts you off until, until the collectors come in. It's interesting. Now that the casuals might be dying off for some of these systems, the collectors are left. Then at that point, I always said this. Uh, if you're collecting these systems, you've had eight, nine years to get these games. The collectors have all the cheap common stuff. That's the first things you, you find and buy. So at that point, to, you know... Uh, what we just talked about if you have if, if you have a business and you have the cheap common stuff that's going to be hard to sell at this point for some of these consoles mm-hmm. it just will be and it might be even hard to sell some of the uncommon weird stuff that only the hard hardcore collector wants you know what i mean i i, I don't have any particular examples off the top of my head but i mean even a few years ago when stuff was popular um what you sell in a store, at least, I can only talk about being in a store, but what you sell physically in a store is going to be different than what you sell online where people, everyone can find it. We have a universe of buyers. Yeah. yeah. For instance, we had a bunch of really nice boxed Sega stuff come in, uh, like console-wise. Uh, like a, Genesis? Yeah, like two years ago, yeah. Um, like a really nice boxed Sega CD. <clears throat> Box Genesis, box power base converter, uh, like a complete, really, really nice Dreamcast. And we sold them for considerably less than what you would get for them online. The Sega CD went for top dollar, but some of that stuff, like, for someone to walk into a store and be like, I've been looking for a box power base converter. Yeah. It's, it's if, not. If you're not a, a crazy person named Pat, it's going to be hard to find that. Right. It's going to be hard to find the buyer for it. So you sell it for cheaper. Anyways, whatever. I got sidetracked. Um, I think it is worth bringing up, uh, not trying to go ham on them here, but uh, pricing on the website. Uh, a lot of these online stores do tend to charge more than eBay does. Uh, looking through the comments on one of these. Yeah, there are comments up that are upset with some of the prices. $100 for Super Mario Sunshine? That's insane. That's like double what we would charge for it. Um, that could be part of their algorithm that it's automatically going from the price charging algorithm, I'm guessing. Sure. And maybe it's not knocking off someone, someone that are sealed or what have you. But 47 it, for Eternal Darkness disc only. That's like, that's what I would, that's what we would do probably a complete copy for. I saw someone complain about the price of GoldenEye being double about what you can get. Uh, it for. I saw an $80 Mario Kart on here. That's way more than what we charge for it. So, um, that, that doesn't account for everything, though. No, because no. I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of their NES prices, and a lot of them are reasonable. They're yeah. like the going rate. There's right. Like, you can. I, th- that's uh, what I wanted to say. The pricing can scare people away, absolutely, and that is that can be part of it. But I don't think it's the only thing. No, and especially if you're the there's definitely market changes. Especially if you're the true casual and you're seeing them, you're not going to hunt around for the best deal. You might just say, oh, oh, JJ Games, I'll go there and I'll buy like, you know, just 10, sure. 15 NES games and whatever. If I'm, if I'm paying 10, 20% more than eBay, who cares? So pricing can know. definitely be part of it, but it would not be the only thing. Right now, you can get Bump and Jump for, for $3.46. 
and stuff. There you go. I love bump and jump. It's a good, it's a fun game. Like we like playing on the marathon. Yeah, it's definitely tied. Looking at like uh, you know, Gyrus is nine dollars thirty two cents. So it's definitely tied to price charging. They're not round numbers. Mm. Uh, Super Pitfall thirteen dollars twenty seven cents. Barbie four dollars eighty eight cents. Uh, Cobra Triangle is out of stock right now. Uh, so yeah, when you look at the prices, you can be like, okay, some of these are fair, some of these are going right, fair. some right. will be higher. Akari Warriors, you know, a high lot, hide lied for seven dollars thirty three cents. Is that too much? But then Mega Man Three is only fifteen dollars seventy two cents. Is that too little? Like I don't know. I don't keep track of the prices anymore. But it's just interesting to see when it's based totally off their price charting algorithm, which you know is probably the best you can possibly do. Sure. Um, it's interesting to see the different. You know, if you would you be able to sell Ghostbusters two for eleven dollars fifty cents in the store? You know, would that would that would that sit there for a while? You know, I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of those things where to me at this point it's just do you have way too much stock. For people to now come in and buy these cheaper games, sure. You know, will you be able to still sell a River City Ransom at twenty five dollars? You might, since that's a, one of the more popular titles. In esoteric, yeah. Actually, uh, River City Ransom sells for about that all day. Yeah, because that's one of the famous yeah. ones. And then you have you know these 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 modern indie games that that ape the style or even semi sequels mm-hmm. that come out things like that. But you know, it's ma- still in the public mind. Yes, but maybe not. Um, maybe not. You know, let's see, Adventures of Bayou Billy, or maybe not Fester's Quest, or maybe not. Will you sell Jaws for seven dollars easily? That that's really the question. Actually, Jaws sells. Like, Does it crazy? I, I think I, I think we charge five dollars for it. But all I'm underrated is, game, people. Jaws is pretty good. Jaws is fun. I would say Jaws three is, stars according to a certain NES guidebook. But that probably the best LJN game. Jaws is fun. Simple. It's fun. Play Jaws. It's enjoyable little arcade RPG ish romp. RPG ish. You build up your stats, okay. your power of your attack. I would call it more you get of a the shooter sub. than an RPG. But... Oh, it's like Back to the Future is a shooter? Back to the Future is, is a shooter. Jaws is closer to being a shooter <laughs> than Back to the Future is. That's for sure. Uh, shooters. My favorite shooter, I think Back to the Future. I think it's just action. That's that's the genre for there. But anyway. But it, yeah, will you be able to sell Russian Attack for 5 Will you be able to sell Rambo for seven fifty? That's That's the tough questions. But these are the common games back then that sold a ton that nowadays no one cares about. That's that's the whole point. So um, so best of luck and thanks to JJ for responding to me in a timely manner. Good good, good on him. But you know I, I've communicated back and forth from time to time with JJ over the years um, here. Um, and yeah, uh, it's interesting that you know I don't know this isn't you know the death knell I don't think for other stores going under. But when you're talking about one of the largest operations, he just sees the writing on the wall and says like, okay, I got to cut 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 bait. Sure. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean he'll take a loss of some of the stuff because who knows? Like I said, this could be inventory he bought seven, eight, ten years ago. You know, with bots that buy off lots of 75 games for like, you know, $2 each. Think about fishing games now. Think about cutting bait with Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Yeah, any number of <laughs> fishing games at my disposal. So many fishing games at my hey, disposal. Hey, you know, it was Christmas. I wanted to treat you for I, a couple I, there. I, I, I can play. I have so many fishing well, games. Well, you can go buy. Uh, how much is. Uh, no, I won't look up every fishing game. You can buy Little Mermaid for $9.72. There's a fish. How in much that. is Blue Marlin? Uh, Blue Marlin? Okay, this is. A, and that's an uncommon game. Blue Marlin. Fucking gem of the system. $20.83. It's an uncommon game. It's, it's semi-hard to find, and it is fun. I guess that makes sense. What do you sell for that, Luna, you think? Ten. Ten? Okay. Complete, I think it's like 20, 20 to 30. Okay. As a matter of fact, I I, I almost bought it, bought it complete the other day. It had been like the first NES game purchase I've really? made in years. I almost bought it from work, but it had like a tear on the side. And I was I, like, yeah, if I'm going to buy a complete Blue Marlin, I'm going to... I might have it. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a nice one. I might have a complete unboxing. Yeah, I might, I might have to check that. Sorry, any, anything else going on here? Or just like you know, do you think this is a whoa, like the sky's falling, or no? It's just sort of a, it's a peculiar case because it's such a huge retailer. It is what it is. I, 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 I think, I think the heat has cooled a little bit, but I, I don't think this is necessarily a death knell for. Uh, all physical games brick yet. and mortar retail well, in general it, it could be a cautionary tale of maybe not overbuying for specific systems when the trends change maybe maybe that's what it is too uh, when it comes to it does Pat have blue moral and complete in box I want to say I do I do Ian that might be the first game gone from past collection it's on the shelf there I don't think eh. it's in the garage alright Ian's a We'll have to work something out here. I mean, you're more excited about... I mean, I just was just <laughs> saying I might. Oh, I'm just saying. Mine's probably in decent shape. That's all. I also have Blue... blue, blue I have Blues Brothers Complete. Gross. That's really hard to find. That's what I mean. I have this... I don't know why I have some of this stuff. Why do I have that? I don't know. And, of course, Castle of Dragon Complete. Because why? Anyway. Okay, moving on here. Are you still using one of the big wireless providers this year? Have you asked yourself Why? What are you paying for between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees? You're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly on to you. Ian, I know like five people that have signed up for Mint Mobile the past few months. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Yes. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. All you need is your own unlocked GSM phone. If you own your phone and it's not unlocked, you call up your provider and say, hey, you, you, by law, you got to unlock my phone. And then you can do whatever you want with it. All right, to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, they send you the SIM card, all the information to sign up. You get on the app. It's easy. You go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to only 15 bucks a month a month. At mintmobile.com slash CU podcast. Big, big, big news out of the Microsoft camp this last week. <laughs> Our reporters are are sideline Microsoft reporters on the beat. Big, 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 big news. Um the uh so the original the fuck. <sighs> Microsoft Xbox One X games, Series X. Microsoft Series X games. <laughs> Fucking Did I write it wrong on here? No, it's just everything's wrong. Xbox Series X. Xbox Series X games are initially going to be cross-generational, meaning they'll be playable on an Xbox One. Um, don't ever make that fucking face. It looks like wet oatmeal. It makes me sad. Making your fucking cream of wheat face. <laughs> you still love cream of wheat. Yeah, I don't care. I have um, baby fat that's still cream of wheat. So, <laughs> let me talk. Xbox <laughs> Series X games. No one. No one. Xbox Series X games will initially be playable on an Xbox One and on an Xbox Series X. They'll be cross-generational. There's supposedly not going to be any exclusives for the Xbox Series X. It's going to be a while. For a year to two. It'll be a while. 
year to two. I fucking hate you. I hate the name of this console. Um, I hate it all. Uh, on the on the on the surface of it, oh. on the shiny surface of it, uh, mm. that seems like a, you know okay, it's, it's fucking pro consumer. You can have. <laughs> You can play these games on your old shit. A pro consumer? Hey, hey, we're nice. We're nice. You can do oh, it. Wait with... a minute. I'm a pro consumer. No, it's pro no, consumer. It's pro consumer. You okay. can do it with what you yeah, got. What do you got? Uh, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? These are my gun arms. <laughs> <laughs> all aboard the Xbox X train. <laughs> my gun arms. Um. I'm heating up here. I'm laughing too much. Fucking pumping out those cross-generational titles. Figure the guns. Um, uh. So, anyways, I think this is a bad idea for Microsoft. Just going to jump right into it. It's, it's uh, dumb. It's dumb. You're taking away the entire... Why, why? Why are you doing it? You're taking away the reason that people buy your console. For games that they can't get on another console. So you're going to put out this yeah. system, and then it's going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. What do we got here? What... Well, we've said this, not the meaning our, our uh, psychics when it comes to this, but we said two years ago that Microsoft doesn't care about selling consoles anymore. I don't think they do. As soon as they went cross-platform with Windows 10, they don't care. They this just is, want to sell you software. This is the further smearing of, um, smear, this is the further smearing of, of console generations to the point where I don't think it's going to matter anymore. By the way, this is an interview with uh, game uh, Xbox Game Studios Chief Matt Booty. Uh, Matt Booty. Um, he said other first-party Series X titles will also be a pl- uh, playable on Xbox One. Uh, so he said, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. Yes, and that's we exactly want- what they're going for. We've said this. They're yeah, I mean, meaning our psychic, it's easy to read the tea leaves and see that this is the future uh, of consoles, and they're they're just computers. And on computers, there's no cutoff date for usually when you can play a game. It might, won't play as well as a brand new uh, computer with a brand new uh, graphics card, but you can still play it and have fun. Right. It, then, it, 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 that's it's, it. it's blurrier be- between. Like, yeah, eventually that com- your you computer's have, not going to be able to play four, that game. You right? have 40 frames instead of 60 frames. You can still have fun. You know, maybe you have, you know, you don't have the super high res in the distance seeing the polygons a mile away. You don't see the draw distance comes closer. This is how PC games have been for 25 years so, at this point. I think this is this makes sense. It's I think it's a natural progression of understanding that consoles are going to start meaning less and less. There's there's two ways to look at it. You have the PS5 way of looking at it which is this is still a console and then you have the Microsoft way of looking at it which is Consoles are kind of not going to be a thing anymore. That's our take on it. And uh, we're going to release this more like a PC. The problem is I don't see this being good for the Xbox brand. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. As long as they got their Game Pass and, and they can sell they can sell a, a million Halo Infinites on whatever console platform. They don't care. Right. They're just, they're just making money. Microsoft's a software company. I guess my thought is why are we... Why are we I, I, I feel like they're but, putting out this Xbox... What... Fucking Christ! This Xbox X series, Series X. I'm sorry, it's just Xbox. Remember the fucking Xbox. Um, yo, you have to fucking talk about it. it ah, I hate this. I hate it. I hate this console generation bullshit. I can't do it. This is so annoying. I'm done oh, no. with it. It's, it's time to quit the game story. Video games, people. You fucking talk about it. I don't want to. Um, this is so frustrating to me. 
Booty noted. I just like this funny his name is Matt Booty. That's rude. Booty noted Halo Infinite developers. 343 Industries and Skybox Labs are definitely going to be doing... Let the man have a last name. Definitely going to be doing things to take advantage of Series X features. He didn't expand on what that means, but given the upcoming console has hardware, accelerated ray tracing, variable refresh rate, and 8K bullshit capability... 8K is bullshit, sorry. It's reasonable to imagine developers will tap into those capabilities. So they're just making like a PC game. You have your super high-res ability or your normal one that most people will use on the xbox one that's all it means that's all it means what's wrong you fuck i just you're done with the name i'm sad and broken this you know what this who this hurts the most this hurts sony the most because sony will be the last one clinging for life saying oh no these are consoles you have to keep buying the new upgrade every two years i don't think this hurts sony the most i don't think this hurts sony much at all I think this helps uh, Sony because oh. people people will look at the PS5 and they'll look at the mic the X1 and and they'll go why am I going to buy that system it doesn't do anything special I'm going to buy this system it does something special there's exclusives but that's it's that's, not going to I don't think this hurts Sony those are but the, but you just fall into the marketing trap just because there's exclusives doesn't mean it's doing something special that the PS4 right, can't but do. I know but that's the thing it's people are going to fall into that marketing okay it, 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 people, see, people who want to buy a new console this is what I'm getting at Microsoft is 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 doing everything in their power to very quickly change up how people view consoles but sony's not doing that and i don't think people are going to buy into it i think people are going to be like yes i want this one with the exclusive games with the power in the hood under the hood under the box sony's done the same thing with with the different uh, playstation yes ps4 but if they have exclusive games on the ps5 Uh people are going to think this is the better buy We'll see. I, I look at this it thing. Makes I, more sense. I love this. This is not doing anything special. I, Why would I do this when I can well, do this already with my Xbox One? Still there are things special. I can't do with this. Okay. I, okay. I'm it, talking it, launch window time. Here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, no, you're right about that. Like, if Sony has like, say, ten great exclusives next next fall, I think that's gonna. I, I think I don't think this is going to work out well for Microsoft. Selling well, their- Halo Infinite's gonna sell a, a, a bazillion, no matter what. Yeah. So uh, they don't care, what, right? Where they don't care where it sells. Remember, you know, if remember, they don't, eat, why, eat, why eat, should I care about it if they game. don't care about it, Pat? Ian, you're, I feel like I'm getting attacked. <laughs> I for feel like I'm being attacked. I hate this Remember, topic. remember you said last week is that you don't make money on the consoles anyway? No, so you don't. Why would Microsoft care if Because they don't sell? it's metrics, it's optics, it's visualization, okay. it's they're going to lose okay. the battle. It's a fight that they're losing. It's a, it's a war. You're in the, you're worried about the console war. You're a correspondent. <gasps> you're, 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 you're a wartime console correspondent <laughs> with your little hat on that says, on. you have the bulletproof vest that says media on it, the flash press, jacket. Press, press the, the press <laughs> tag in my hat. I'm done. I'm done with this topic. We're moving on. No, but, We're finished. Oh, no, but but I'm no, not, we're not finished. We are. We're not finished. Yet. Why not? You're not allowed to be finished because you just beautifully summed up why Microsoft will win this because they don't give a shit about the consoles and they don't make a money. They don't care about the optics. They're gonna sell you a, 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 sell fifty million Halos. It doesn't matter where. Yeah, like tune in, turn that's, on, drop out, man. I get it. Sure, they don't care, man. But that's but... mostly pure profit compared to the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with this segment? I hate it. I don't. It hurts my brain to talk about this. It's like literally painful. It's literally painful? Okay. All right, Mr. Sony. 
Mr. P- I'm not like Mr. PlayStation fanboy. I get it. I, I, I was a 360 fan the entire okay. 360 generation. I just don't think this is a good idea for think, selling units. I think because I think because I mean they have to, they have to care a little bit. We say they don't care, but they have to care a little bit because well, no. they're putting out the box. They're not going to sell the units in the box. <laughs> yes, and they're going to sell Halo Infinite wherever you want. Right, right but. On your, on your game comp, you can play you know, Halo Infinite, maybe. They don't care. They're still getting your $60. And that's mostly profit compared to the consoles that they got to fucking manufacture for a couple hundred million, $400 million, put up the money, and, you know. <sighs> but people will still buy the new we Xbox. We still have topics to talk about. This, I, I, I'm so exhausted. I mean, you're red-faced. I don't I'm know so why. Exhausted. We're not talking about Toys R Us coming back here, buddy. We're talking about <laughs> Xbox games being available on whatever console. I'm just... I'm, I'm having a meltdown. I'm having like a live <laughs> realization <laughs> that none of this matters, and I hate it all. The, the po- yes, remember the podcast topics mostly don't matter to real life, Ian. You're right. Oh, are you done with the podcast? Is oh, this it for you? God, I'm I'm done with this topic. You can always just do extra napkins. I'm just done talking about the fucking one X Xbox Series X. You have it written down, Xbox One X Series. <laughs> That's not helping me. <laughs> None of this is helping. It's all bad. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Look at me. Do 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 do. Highlight it. You can't. Oh! You can't delete it because Kieran has to edit that. Boop. It's gone. Okay. Sorry, Kieran. Sorry, Kieran. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll undo that. Pat, take us to the hands-on. Please, please undo that for Kieran. Yeah. Please. Okay. Uh, speaking of game consoles, Fine, Ian, I'm undoing it for Kieran. There's a couple of consoles for Kieran. There's a for co- you. There's a co- for our editor. Speaking of game consoles, we forgot to touch upon a couple of CES topics. <laughs> you look at me like you want to fucking strangle me right now. Uh, so, hands on with the Atari VCS. A strange streaming slice of nostalgia. This comes from PC Mag. I have not read an article in a long time that really like goes out of its way to bite its tongue. <laughs> By Will Greenwald. The Atari VCS won't be competing with the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X, but it's an interesting new console nonetheless. We took a close look at it at CES. <clears throat> so, the VCS, Atari folks, the past couple years, uh, our other uh, Kieran McCarthy, our, our author article, uh, he would go, should go to the like a, a hotel suite. Atari would be set up at some hotel suite, I guess, away from CES to show off the console. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reported here that, uh, here that um, it, it's just a surprising article because even when just looking at the pictures, you realize something strange is, is amiss here. So they show the two different... What is this fucking build your own Atari? <laughs> It's like Build-A-Bear, but it's for an Atari. Yeah, so, you want so, the green stripe or the yellow stripe? So the first picture you see, you see the, I guess, the, the black Vader version of it. Only the, $562 with controllers. <laughs> the, the, the Onyx version. Sandbox mode. It's, for, it's 390 Ian, all right? Sandbox you know, mode. We don't want to get, you know, we don't get raked over the coals for saying the wrong price. You know, that wrong price is going to be I thought, I thought I, I thought um, I was being, like... Okay. Exaggerated. You don't enough. want you don't you don't want uh, someone reviewing Tech in USA to come after you. Anyway, <sighs> so they show the black Onyx Atari version and then the wood grain front version. And in the picture, there's like different colored strips for each of them. I guess that's different. There's different like birch colored, and I guess like you can have a red, you can have a green, you can have a yellow, you, you can have, have a a wood, a darker wood, a lighter wood, <laughs> a cherry wood. Um, but then they they show it hooked up. I, you can't make this up. 
they show it hooked up to an LCD monitor, Ian, and it's literally uh, the startup screen uh, for Windows 10. Yeah, that's the picture they've got there. Windows 10. With a mouse hooked up to it and a... a key- looks like the same actual, the same keyboard I might own somewhere uh, there. It's the sandbox mode. They were, Atari was eager to demo uh, the uh, VCS PC sandbox mode. Because they have nothing else. So the, the article talks about how there's uh, like 100 classic Atari games, uh, and then it talks about the Ant stream uh, streaming stuff. Gaming stores we brought up before, which right, is a lot of European computer games. A lot games. of European computer games and stuff like that. Also, they are um, they're doing like a they talk, we talked about it once. They're doing like an Atari VCS specific build of that streaming sure. service. That'll probably have more Atari games on there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the article is like, yeah, 32 megabytes. That's enough to play some games in parentheses. Um, and then uh, they go right into the uh, sandbox mode. Uh, so that it's good for some light gaming uh that it was running Fortnite. um it's not going to be doing a whole lot uh the article basically says what i mean in a nicer way has said what we've always said the price on this is prohibitive it's it's an unattractive price point especially when sony and microsoft have new uh things uh new offerings coming out this this fall Um, as a game console as a game console and it's it's maybe a hobbyist computer maybe they're saying that for the price point for if you're looking at as a computer it's not bad if as a computer right that's what they're saying so um primarily for enthusiasts it looks to me like the atari vcs is almost purely an enthusiast system this is for classic atari fans um and pc tinkerers Looking for a slick platform they can play with. That's such a str- weird slice. Like, what? How small is that slice on the Venn diagram? Yeah. For that, uh, I like the design and flexibility, but it's hard to get past the price when Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft will all offer much more mature game ecosystems and in either more processing power or mobility for around the same price. It feels like the Atari VCS is gearing up to take on the same oddball niche as the Nvidia Shield TV, the PlayStation TV, or the Wii U. Yeah. This is. These uh, are not things you want your system to be compared to it's, you don't want your system that comes out sometime in the future to be compared to a wii u which failed years ago it seems almost destined to be the game system your weird tech head friend eagerly pre-orders and either swears by as a very specific platform for exactly the types of games they like or modifies it into a home theater pc slash plex server a server slash bitcoin miner purely because they can the the problem with that, and I think that's even too nice, is um, you know the the whole it's going to be you know this platform for one type of game. This isn't going to be like a niche console, like how the Dreamcast was great for fighting games and sure. the PC Engine was great for shooters. It's not going to do that because it's not around in a time where there's any developers that are going to make things exclusively no, for this absolutely for not. it to become that sort of system. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you can't. Uh, that's. I, there's I, the, there's nothing you're gonna be able to play on the VCS that you can't play better elsewhere, right? Or, or the and same. There, and there's nothing, and there's absolutely nothing, and and this is different than you know. It, this doesn't even have like a special weird controller like the Amico does, where you know they can keep saying, "Just wait, it's gonna be best on the Amico." There's nothing. There's nothing 
about the Atari VCS where it's going to be the best for anything. Well, they said the controllers, you know, good good build quality, but it's a controller you can buy. In, I was going to say, form. but can't you buy these controllers and use them on PC? I'm pretty sure, sure. they were, yeah, because they were just selling the the joystick controller, which looks kind of nice, honestly. The joystick looks fine. I, they put a little red top on the thumbs. Oh, I meant the... I meant the the, the oh, classic one is neat. Looking, yeah, yeah, but that's like I, yeah, not the, for the, sixty bucks. These aren't proprietary, you know, game pads that they're you know thinking up from scratch or the joysticks. I mean. So at that point, what do you have? You have controllers that they said to their credits, decent build quality, um, or excellent excellent build quality on the, on the controllers. Um, yeah, I just don't understand though paying fifty dollars still for a a one button Atari twenty six hundred controller. I just don't want to get that. No, like who, who wants to do that? It's neat, but I don't like. It's uh, a neat looking controller, but I don't know that I would actually buy it. Like I, 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 I want to pick I, it up and use it. I have a glow in the dark LED one Atari one USB one sitting on my floor somewhere, literally over there, Ian. That probably cost you 15, 10, 15 bucks online to buy, and I don't picture this being that much better. Um, okay, I mean it is what it is. It's not it's not as cheeky as as our uh, as Kieran McCarthy's articles. They probably locked him out of, from coming in the suite uh, from from looking at it. Uh, all right, well, as long as people get their pre-orders fulfilled, then at that point I don't care anymore. They they they, they, they bought into this. They're going to get this and not play it. You're going to get this. You're gonna get the Atari VCS you deserve. <laughs> you're gonna get well, you're gonna get it because you deserve it. Well, I mean, like if they want a little, I think we called it a little vanity piece, a little Art Deco thing, then you got it. When you're 45 to 57 years old and you grew up with the Atari, you know, uh, something to tap the old peen on. Exactly, exactly. Ian. <laughs> yep, it still has, it's still ribbed for your pleasure uh, there. All right, well, well, we'll check back once this actually is released and in people's hands. Uh, the other news out of CES that we didn't touch upon, we, we covered just about every retro topic. It looks like fucking trash. Okay, Ian, I was going to ease into it. Uh, the Retron Jr. lets you play all your tiny Game Boy games on your giant HDTV. This comes from Hyperkin. Uh, so what what this is, is an uh, emulation-based uh, console where you can, uh, it's, it's a cute little cube. It comes with a little controller, and it's for a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy advanced titles via HDMI out uh, here. And what's interesting about this is that, well, this is, you know, oh, there's also composite out according to this picture here. Oh. That's interesting. That they included that. But, <laughs> but this is, you know, basically taking the Retron 5 and cutting out all the console capability except for the three Game Boy systems. And here you have it. I mean, that's because you can do this on a Retron 5. You know, it's, it's, it's an emulation box that accepts you know, uh, games that you read the ROMs of, right? That's what you're doing here. Uh, and it, it's 720p output. And, uh, yeah, I, to me, the question for this is whether or not you think there's a market for something like this. And I do think there is a market for this. I do. I do think there's people that maybe they, they're fond of just just Game Boy. Maybe they just like playing the old school uh, Pokemon uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color games. And they think, you know, this could be cute to play on a, a big TV. I don't, I don't think this is a dead-in-the-water uh, product. Maybe you disagree. I do think – but, this, again, again, this comes down to price. You can't, you can't charge 100 bucks for this. This has to be $50 for something like this, and you'll probably sell some. That, that to me, is, is what this market is. You, you can't stand the idea of this, obviously. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's <laughs> ugly. It's ugly. You don't like the color scheme? You don't like the little gold and black? No, it's dumb looking. The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers sort of colors? That's black and yellow. <laughs> this is gold and black. I'm trying to think of it. You don't like the, 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 you don't like the controller with four buttons and the little the Super Nintendo looking controller? Stupid. 
Um, actually, the controller is supposed to be fairly decent. It's a it's a the Hyperkin Scout controller. Is okay, what it is. it's the wireless controller. Um, no, I'm just I. It looks like dog shit. What looks like dog it shit? It looks the, awful. The actual console or the who, idea? Who designed it? I, I think it's cute. It's like a little mini GameCube. There's nothing cute about it. It's awful looking. It hurts my eyes. Um, it, it's sort of the same look of, as the, uh, the the Retron, the the, the, the 2600 one, kind I'm of. Not in terms into, of the angle on the side. I'm not into the Hyperkin emulation boxes. Okay. Um, anything that they've done that's been... Like, the Retron 5 was just kind of like a mess all around. Uh, I don't think... I'll have to. We'll. I, I, and here's the thing. We'll have them at the store because people will want these. People will want these. Sure. Um, I. I. I don't. Depending on the price and like the price that we sell them, at, I don't always mind. Hyperkin stuff is like an entry level for people who just need to get the job done. Um, you know the Retron HD, the Retron HD two. These are all things that, for the price. Get the job done. It's like we talked about in that JJ Games episode. Um, there's there is a casual buyer. He says he sees that person leaving, but that's who this market is for. The person who comes in gets a, a wave of nostalgia. Goes, man, I'd love to play Super Mario Three. Hey, do NESs hook up to modern TVs? Yes, they do. But you can get this for. <clears throat> I'm like they do in a way, but you know this Retron HD is you know forty bucks, and it hooks up. Boom, boom, boom. Plug it in. You're playing. You're good to go. I understand it, but <clears throat> I don't necessarily see a huge market for this. And I think the people who are looking for something like this <clears throat> are probably people who are looking for better options. Something well, like the analog pocket or the consoleizer. Well, that's going to be a lot like more money, though. Right. And then you can't, well, you can play it on TV, but you have to connect it via this. You sort of play it on a controller or. The handheld device, but then it's going to the TV still. Um, I'm trying to see reviews. I think the, re- the, the the Retron 77 got decent reviews. I'm trying to find them. Yeah, that one was emulation too. Of course, uh, it's on, on oh, Google. It's at 3.9 out of five. That's Google. I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying to find an Amazon listing. So so that you can buy uh, between sixty and seventy dollars. Some places you can get it for under sixty for the Retron 77. So this is probably going to be $50 just because I think that 77 has, <clears throat> it has like the switches and it, has, looks like it has more buttons, it has more parts. Yeah, I think this will it. probably be 50 as well. Uh, I think once you get above 60 for something like this, you're not going to, you're not going to have any buyers. I think it's interesting that they also include a composite. <clears throat> Obviously they probably did that with the Atari as well because it would make sense. Did they include that, uh, that with the Atari? Uh, it would make sense if it was an older, uh, older sort of thing. But anyway, I'm just surprised they included it for the, for this. That seems unnecessary. But maybe was, yeah, yeah, maybe that's all in their one little board, their output board, so it's cheaper than to do not to switch it out. Uh, I think it's interesting. I, I think there's a market for it. I think there is. There's we'll gonna be see. a lot of Pokemon players, and uh, are, are there any hardcore Game Boy players that are, are <clears throat> don't play anything else? What is interesting that I'll point out is I do think it allows uh, for. I think I read somewhere that it allows for link cable. Uh, which is neat. You'll be able to treat it kind of like you would like a super. You could hook up one to one TV, one to another TV, and do two players on two TVs. There, you can buy two of these, and it'll basically act as two different Game Boys. That's what I'm saying. Yes, you would need two TVs. I missed that. Huh. That's interesting. I'm trying to think. Of it. That'd be it'd be fun to try it. I guess it'd be kind of weird, right? Yeah, because you can't play. Multiplayer games with, with, without your own screen. I'm looking to yeah. see if I can find it on here. I thought can, I read but, that somewhere. But can you do Faceball 2000 you know, with all, with four TVs? That'd you, be cool. You could. You could do it with 16 <laughs> TVs. 
Now someone will try to do that. Then you got to spend a thousand dollars buying these to do that. You got to buy sixteen of these to spend a thousand dollars. Jeremy Parrish is working on like a, a a fancy. He's like ironing out all the kinks in like a sixteen player like link Device. setup, so he can like do multiplayer baseball at conventions. I think he tried that last year or the year before. Creating, creating like a single link to do it without having I, piggybacking it. Well, no, you, you do. You, it, it, you have to link a bunch of them together. But I think it, I saw pictures of something online. Anyways, it looked like he was soldering up something special. That's the dream. Baseball 2000 on Game Boy. 16 players. I don't. I think I played it once multiplayer at my cousin's. My cousin had the, had the four-player adapter there. I think it was one time I did there. Okay. All right, well... You know what? If this is for you, it's for you. It's for me, Ian. The same way the Xbox Series, not, X, Xbox Series X is going to be It's not for me. It's okay. It's not for me. Well, you, you'll sell them in the store. You'll, you'll turn a profit. It's great. At the store. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to this. We're going to talk about... You're so, going to talk about... I'm going to try to talk about... Ian's in an ornery mood, this podcast. Th- this is... Uh, we don't talk about this too much about auction results uh, from... Heritage auctions for the graded WADA uh, video game auctions, but I think this is good old com. Uh, I think this is an important one to talk about, and they they run they run these every week, uh, and some results are striking. So you go to Heritage auctions, you get to sign up to see every past sales item result. And the other reason we're talking about this is because in February the Nintendo PlayStation prototype is going to be for for auction on Heritage auctions. So some of the the past ones that have, have come across have been startling. And some are surprising, some are not. And also, uh, good old Sean from Reserved Investments, our buddy there. Uh, congratulations on a, a thousand subs, by the way. Uh, there, he's been talking about this stuff as well. Here, and so we're gonna go get dinner or something. You, you want to you, you, you want to wrestle on the floor right now? You're 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 you're, you're Jonesing for something right now. <laughs> So I want to go over some of these. I'm these feeling spunky. You're yeah. feeling, this is like Ian 2015 from the podcast. Anyway, uh, so the, the the most startling ones. We'll go from top to bottom here. Some of these ones: a Mega Man first release sealed. And by the way, these are the Carolina collection, which I know you love that being touted as a Carolina Ugh, collection. Stop naming your collections. These are the games that Dan Anderson, when he sold Nintendo Age, sold to the guy who who bought uh, who owns GoCollect.com, who, who purchased. The games and the website. Does he live in the Carolinas? I don't know, but originally they were Danes in the Carolinas. I don't know. Dane, Dane, Dane was in the Carolinas. Yes, he's in the Carolinas. So it's a Carolina collection. All right. So is Rue, by the way. Good old Rue. So uh, this this includes... The, remember, this is not what the seller is all getting. The DeSena collection. This is a 20% markup because it's Heritage Auctions. So the, the, the seller isn't getting all this. They're getting 80% of this value. So the biggest one in the past few months was uh, in November, Mega Man sealed went for $75,000. seventy five grand. And the reason that this is the first release, because I, don't, I didn't realize this. They're, hey, they're, these people are finding all these little first release, little, little minor things in order to pump the market. I didn't know that in the first... Uh, box release it said dr right instead of dr wall on the back they made a mistake so now there's like three or four of these that they're, they've brought out there's like oh there's a, a first mike tyson's punch out slightly different rat racer first box has different pictures they're trying to find as many of these little differences as possible in order to create these first edition to maximize ones. the lettuce harvest the lettuce harvest yes uh donkey kong 3 seal went for 28.8 that's insane that's a lot of smackaroos well the mega man for seventy five thousand is the same we'll get into that 
The reasonable one out of all these was the NWC graded that went for 26.4 thousand. That's not super inflated over past sales uh, versus these other ones. Bubble Bobble 2 sealed one for 19.2K. Legend of Zelda, Rev A sealed. There's, uh, okay, 19.2K. Super Mario Brothers uh, uh, seal went for 19.2. Panic Restaurant, 16.8. Mario Brothers, uh, 15.4. Uh, a Contra sealed went for $14,400. My God. Uh, okay. And so forth. And then uh, a couple of loose steam events went for 11.7 or 10.5. So not much over, you know, a regular uh, cart price there. So it's interesting to see some of these uh, get priced down there. But the bottom line is that obviously these are hyperinflated, some of these prices here versus versus even two years ago. Two years ago, I don't imagine a sealed Contra going for over $1,000 even. That might be even be high from a few years ago. I, I, I mean, these aren't games that are... Graded like, or not graded? I mean, oh, I'm just saying graded. I, I mean, not even not graded. I mean, the VGA stuff wasn't super hyperinflated like even these prices were. Sure. This, this is from the influx of obviously the comic book money getting into here. Uh, here and doing it but what's surprising here is that when you go to the bottom of the list you have a lot of games not selling for that much that i would think would if you go to like all the way down you see stuff where you have sellers probably taking even a minor loss in there a sealed caltron six and one only 552 dollars on there uh that to me is sort of shocking to see that people are like caroline no uh no <laughs> that's not a carolina collection one <laughs> oh. but it's interesting that you see you really see who who knew the video game market before the frenzy of the past year and who didn't when you see some of these prices? To me, uh, the NWC card prices, to me, would be uh, lower compared to the frenzy going on with some of these other sealed prices, like the Contra, for example. But then when you get way down, you see a lot of the third-party stuff not sell for anything at all. And, and stuff like the, third, uh, like the uh, unlicensed stuff, you see losses being taken potentially by the buyer on some of these. Friday the 13th, 192. So at that point, you're like, I don't think that person made any profit because they only get 80% of that and it, and it costs and them 50, 50 to $60 to have it graded in with the shipping back and forth. They're not making anything on there. You know, we, you have to really hit for some of these games into the maybe half a thousand dollars in order to, to really see a profit on some of these, in my estimation, on average. Um, then you see like, you know, the Genesis stuff, uh, complete in box stuff isn't, isn't selling for much of anything at all. I see a complete in box diehard uh, graded for $240. I don't see that person making a profit on that at all because a complete box diehard goes for a lot to begin with. Right. So um, so it really shows you the different sets of buyers that are getting into this. Yeah, to there, me. Was a, uh, there was a metal storm that was like 312 and it's like, that's... Complete box graded? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's not that much more than... Just a regular complete box? Right. yeah. So at that point, it's like, who's, who's the market here? Um, and then you get really down into it. Then you see where the losses are being taken. Uh, where was the one I saw in particular? It was um, it was a sealed. Yeah, a lot of these are 100 to 150 range for the sealed. A George Foreman's KO Boxing, 132 dollars. That that person probably took a loss there. Um, Battle Toads Complete in Box for 130. It's like who's buying that? Pet Country's KO Street Tennis. <laughs> KO Street. Hey, that's my idea for another game. KO Street Tennis. <laughs> There's no street tennis there. Uh, so the point is this, is that you see uh, you see a, a, a Mega Man X3 cartridge only graded go for $89. So that person definitely took a big a big bath. They took so, a bath. Took a bath. They scrub a dub dub. They got all washed up. <laughs> but 
But then you see stuff like Robo Demons for seventy four dollars, where that person probably sent, spent seventy four dollars just to buy the game, let alone get it graded uh, there. Right. So some of this stuff you have people just throwing out there to see what's what's possible and they're not making any money back on it. And it's interesting um, to see this too because you know stuff like the robo demons for interest in instance. There was uh, you know back in the especially like the early days of NES collecting, that was the stuff people wanted. That was the interesting stuff. That was the hard weird to find stuff. stuff, the weird, weird stuff, stuff. stuff. Stuff that didn't get huge, you know, uh print runs um and it's interesting now to see how much uh the game has changed son of Flynn. Um it's it's very it's very different now. That stuff, no one gives a shit. No one wants it. Well, because there's no significance to it historically. It. Right. So this is what's interesting about this. You want to you hear something funny, Ian? I always want to hear something funny. Hit me okay. with the jokes. So the graded, the graded sealed WADA game of Silent Assault went for only $67. Hmm. It's more money to buy it sealed on eBay right now at 140 it just shows you the different markets. Weird. And how... Yeah, that's... It's, right. It's just a completely different thing. People that are going on Heritage Auctions, they want... Oh, I hear Super Mario Brothers is going to be the game of the future. It's going to be Action Comics. What is this Silent Assault thing? Even though Silent Assault is a hell of a lot harder to find than a Super Mario Brothers, they don't care because they, they're... they're Wrongly or rightly, they're buying into the narrative of we're going to follow the trends of what we think it's going to be for comics, for video games. Right. And they could be correct, but it's just interesting that, that someone took a bath on that, and then like other stuff like that people aren't aware of, like, oh, a Shadow Dancer goes for $65 graded. You know? It's just interesting to see this happen in front of my eyes. You see people that two years ago didn't know video game collecting was a thing to care about, and all of a sudden they're pumping this money in. Uh, Sean, who I'm going to have Mimosa Brunch with, said the saying is, uh, collectors aren't made, they're born. And that goes to show you what happened here, where uh, if you didn't know about it, all of a sudden you're, you're just following the trends. You're just going off of, of what people are basically telling you was going to be the hot thing. Yeah. So you don't care about the silent assault. A collector like me, like, oh, that's really interesting because I was with it 20 years ago and I saw that this is a weird game. And now these people don't give a shit because they don't know about it and they're just following what they think is going to make them money. So it's interesting. Check it out. And there's stuff uh, every week now. This isn't an advertisement, but it's so interesting how some stuff is going to go way below value that on eBay might go for more. Hell, maybe you can go on WADA and not saying I'm not endorsing this, but you can probably buy that Silent Assault for $67 and you'll get more for it on eBay. Someone will buy it on eBay for more money. I'm not saying you'd be able to make a huge problem, but some of this stuff is happening out here. They're pulling this stuff. They're, they're, the amount of sealed games year after year is going to be so small that isn't graded that you're going to be everyone's going to be pulling the stuff off, but it might not be the best gamble. Like sticky bread, just or, or this, monkey bread, just pulling or the, the cinnamon delicious this, honks. The sticky hand from the twenty five cent machine. They're, they, it may not be in your best interest to get this shit graded. You may not make a profit on it. We've we, we, we've been talking about that, especially for newer games, which I think is insane to get the newer games graded. I think it's it's absolutely nuts uh, to do that, but we'll see. Maybe I'll start bidding on heritage auctions. Maybe this is maybe they like this video because now you're going to look at two. Maybe get some deals of some stuff. I don't know. God, I, I am just washed over with existential dread <laughs> about what about us <laughs> pointing people towards heritage auctions. So just all of this. Just I can't <sighs> imagine what it's going to be at Comic Con this year because last year was a little goofy. This year it's going to be even more nuts at Comic Con. Seeing uh, the, the different booths have this stuff. Think about that. 
little goofy. I'm just thinking of like a tiny little goofy. Like Hell, the dog. Hell, maybe I'll bring my like, like you bring comics. I'll bring a box of games to sell to them at the booth if they want to buy them. I'll bring a box of pats. Uh, I'll I'll bring my blue Marlin. Uh, <laughs> he has graded before Ian can get all. All right. I mean, it sounded like you were about to fucking pause the podcast and try to make a deal. Right hey, there and there. hey, I need some cash this year. I'm not going to make. I need to get some cash this year. I got some stuff in the works. I can talk about. I'm going to need some pat cash. Uh, this year for what a is things. different about Pat Cash? What what is Pat Cash? Pat, Pat Cash is special. It's it's cash that that, that uh, <laughs> you look crazy. It's just money. <laughs> it's just money. I don't it's call my month. money Ian Cash. Month. It's just money. It's I have five dollars in my pocket. It's not a special five dollars. <laughs> it's a cute moniker. It's like Pat Man. It's not cute. Wow, Ian's turning against the podcast. <laughs> no, they're turning against the. Now everything is Pat something. It doesn't have to be the Pat Goda. It doesn't have to be Pat Cash. <laughs> it doesn't have to be fucking Pat Math. No, Pat Math doesn't have to be Pat Math because it's always wrong. <laughs> Ian, you are hurting. Ian, you're breaking my heart. I'm like Padme in episode three. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> then you're gonna, you're gonna start force choking me before Obi Wan saves me. Uh, I'm gonna go, Ian. Gonna go kill. Put her kids. down, and he's gonna be like, "No, I'm choking Pat." Here, I'm gonna go kill a bunch of kids. You know, you know, sword. you know, people in the comments will be like, "Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. This is the end of the podcast. Now, this is the beginning of the end." You said you're gonna kill someone with a sword. What did you just say? Yeah, it's what the, the, the Jedi's did. They killed the sword. They killed the kids. No, no, well, Anakin, well, just Anakin did. did. He did the kids wrong. He, he, yes, he sliced their heads off. Yes, he <laughs> did them wrong. That was so unnecessary to show that, by the way, in episode three. I don't think that was a necessary scene. Ooh, we gotta show how dark and serious we are. <laughs> we gotta go PG-13. We gotta milk the PG-13 rating on this Star Wars oh, We gotta make sure he has those smoky eyes for a reason. <laughs> he did have smoky eyes. He had evil eyes in episode three. He has evil eyes. Why would you trust him when you already have evil eyes? I don't understand that. Sorry, this, I don't want. I can talk about how bad episode three is for an hour and a half. No, we're not oh, going to talk about any more Star Wars. No, no more, more stars forever. No more. It's done. Not it's, even the Mandalorian. It's fucking done. All right. So anyway, so like I said, uh, Ian, if you want to make a deal for some pack cash uh, <laughs> later, <laughs> don't don't throw my order to the Griffin at me. That's uh, laying behind you. That's worth money. The sound of my soul just leaving my body. <laughs> What's happening? Is this New Year's resolution? Don't put up any pat shit. <laughs> it's pat shit. I know. Pat shit. <laughs> All right. Moving on. All right, Q and A time in the CU podcast. <laughs> Apologies to the to the to, to the uh, the the patrons of the CU podcast. I can't say that because they're Ian Tron as well. They're Ian Tron. The Patrians. Patrians. They're Ian Trons. They're Ian Trons. They're Ian Trons. I, uh, I thought I, I put out the Patreon poll yesterday. That I did not. So we'll do it next week for you there. We have, we have a Q and A though. We do. And it ties back into our Xbox Series X topic. <laughs> this is from at, at Om2K. Christian. Wait, who asks? We're lost. We are fucking Pat lost. It's right there. Is above. it? Yeah, it's right there. Oh, it's on a different page. Whoa. Oh. I felt like we were out to sea without Ian, an oar. This is the best Ian performance <laughs> on the podcast in at least three and a half years. Uh, Christian asks, with the PS5 reported that backwards cap- cap- uh, capability... All the way back to PS1, will this cause an is- increased demand in the previous generation titles? Yes, it will. Um, looking at uh, previous things that have happened uh, in the video game sphere. We had a super off-road mode right there. <laughs> in the video game place. Um, whenever 
for instance, whenever Microsoft would, uh, well, <clears throat> rewind. Backwards compatibility is good. It keeps uh, the previous uh, generation stuff popular. However, with the way that Microsoft did it in the past, which was, um, it was interesting, uh, like with the Xbox 360 getting updates with, uh, you know, some of the new original Xbox, like the, time would go on and they'd be like, okay, so Xbox 360 came out, it could play some original Xbox games, and then uh, every few months they'd add a few more that it sure. could play for a while. Um, oh. And when they did that, and they did the same thing with the Xbox One, uh, with the Xbox 360 games, and every time that those new games would drop, the backwards compatibility would come out for it. Those games would definitely get popular again. People uh, would come to the store looking. We for would just see those a games. run on those games. Uh, Call, it, yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two was a great example. Okay, uh, or was it Modern Warfare Two? Modern Warfare One. Either way, one of those. As soon as it became backwards compatible, the COD for games. like two months, we didn't have any copies for the. Because then people were probably thinking, "Oh, I haven't played this in like five, six years. I can play it online again." Right. And um, with the original Xbox. Uh, stuff that happened with uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic um, and a couple other titles, uh, probably Halo, where they kind of get, by the way of them having to release this compatibility in bursts and updates, it kind of brings that game back into the, the public mind. Sure. Back, back into the public conscience. And so um, they, they do become popular again. We'll need to see how the PS5 does it. I think that we will see um, an increase in interest for old games, depending if if it's all if it's like a hundred percent backwards compatibility right off the bat. Yeah, I don't know that we'll necessarily see that sort of targeted enthusiasm like we did with the Xbox because we'll uh, be in ways with the Xbox. So they, so they said out the bat, we're going to come up with the PS5, and it's and all PS1 games are compatible. All PS2 are. Uh, you think you get some people say, oh, shit, this is cool. I haven't thought about this PS2 games in a while. I'll go out and, go out and buy them or PS1 games because this will be like your, your, your modern way of playing you know, a couple old generations of consoles that currently we don't have. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it will definitely do a lot for the interest. I just don't know that I'll see any like, particular like, shortages all of a sudden like I did, say, with like, the modern of certain but, games. But I do sure. think, yes, I think uh, especially with like, PS2, um, if, if, if the PlayStation 5 does this, and especially if it has a way to maybe sharpen up the image or at least put it on a, a, a modern TV properly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more... Uh, I, th- I think we're going to see... A, it, it would coincide very nicely with what I've talked about before, which is um, the PlayStation 2 is now kind of becoming that console because of time and age. So if the PlayStation 5 can play it, I think the one that we'll probably see the biggest spike in is going to be PS2, and that also coincides with people who grew up with PS2s now have money. When you when when the PS3 wow the PS3 came out what 2007 Holy 2006 sh- it was seven it was, Xbox 360 was first and it was anyway okay it's been yeah, like 13 was, years yeah. holy shit so when you were working uh, at, at the store then and it was the first the first batch was or first one or two batches were uh, cross compatible with PS2 for. Did you see an uptick in PS2 games, or no? Because people still had their PS2s. No, still I think it was them. because people still had their PS2s and they, still were playing them on their own. And, and it was CRT. it was normal at that time. Like from PlayStation One to PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two could still do PlayStation One, um, PlayStation you know Three, the original ones they could do PS2. So I didn't see any uptick. Uh, I saw. Um, also, I don't think the games were old enough at the, yet for that point to be forgotten and then be sure, interesting again. Sure. I think we're going to get a little bit of that with the PS3 as well. Because now. Wow, PlayStation Two came out what two thousand? So now it's twenty years later for PS Two. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, um, Microsoft has always been pretty good with the backwards compatibility, and that's something that Sony has always slept on. So I do think uh, there, yeah, like as I've said, there's going to be interest. I think there will be an interesting surge of it because for the first time in a while, people will have something they can, a modern system, a current system that they can play those older games on. Yes. Okay, I, I, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's in Sony. It's kind of in Sony's advantage to, to with you know, with Final Fantasy VII remakes to say, oh yeah, we are going to make you available to play the original Final Fantasy if you have the disc. But you're going to want. You already can. Buy- well, you can. Yeah, you can do it with the. But you, there's digital versions now that you but, can but get. I'm talking about the disc. Though. Sure. It opened up to more people that might still have them. What around. I think will be interesting is I think we'll actually. I was actually going to use that as an example. I think we'll actually see people interested in a way like they were with the NES in some of the weirder um, lesser known games because they can play those now and those they'll be able to play those and those haven't had numerous ports whereas something like the Final Fantasies you can play those on basically everything so I don't think like I'll see like a huge um, surge in interest for original Final Fantasy copies on PlayStation mm-hmm. but I think you know you might get it for like um Games that they, there was no follow-ups to back then, right? I, I mean, like, the, like when, when they stopped making SOCOM. Uh, SOCOM went through PS4. It did go through PS4. Yeah. Okay, I think. I'm trying to think, of, I'm trying to think of something like that that maybe isn't it. shit. SOCOM. When did the SOCOM series end? Here, uh, I'm just trying to think of some franchise. That maybe was, there isn't a SOCOM on PS4. It might have been PS3. I'm trying to think of a franchise that might have existed back in the PS1 area and PS2 that died out. People might want to go. Uh, Siphon filter, Jet Moto. Is Siphon filter still yes. around? Je- I, I, no, I don't. So think that's Siphon. maybe I'll see. I don't. Like I, I don't think Siphon filter has been around since PS2. Okay, that's a good example. Then something yes. to be like, oh, this isn't around anymore. There's no new games, but now I can play it again. Yeah, or like I think like some of the other like Square stuff that hasn't gotten um, like a bunch of ports, like Vagrant Story. That'll be popular. Sure. Also, I was trying to think of maybe, maybe some some of the Brave Fencing Musashi. Like yeah, stuff other than the stuff that's been you know re-released a billion times. Sure. Let me see the last uh, Siphon Filter game was. Uh, 2007. So it's definitely been a bit. Okay. Not, not a while. Been a bit. Been a bit. <laughs> oh, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with the backwards compat. <sighs> Ability. Okay. <laughs> That's it for this podcast. What a, what a, what an, a weird, uplifting... You got me through the sickness. What a fucking ride. I was, like, sick and, like... <laughs> and, like, I sweated out from the laughter. I sweated out being sick. <laughs> All right. This is this this was a vintage CU podcast, Ian. Yep. We got another 194 in us, I think. We're going to get the... We're gonna get the th- <laughs> oh, yeah. We need the 388. What a rush. Get the, get the 388. That's the number to quit on. 388. 388. 388. That'll be... Let's see. If we're doing 50 a year... That's, that's only four years. Only four years. Only four. Ian, you don't know what sponsors we'll have four years from now. We might have you know Tesla as a sponsor for their their their, their uh, fuck that guy for their for their, their their moon boots or I don't know. You're you're against Tesla cars? No, I'm not against Tesla cars. I just think Elon Musk is a fucking herb. Hey, sometimes <laughs> you need a herb in order to uh, you know upend the industry and get people to make electric cars we should have had thirty years ago. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> hey. Hey, I talked to my buddy John. He said that a lot of the GM stuff's going to be electric in like five years. And I'm like, okay, that's only positive. Our buddy John. John D'Elia. Oh, yeah. Good old John. John's a good guy. Granddaddy John D. He's still pushing for video game years 90s, you know, hard, you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was right. Not until we all have crow's feet. 
I'm probably getting there. I've been hard on this body. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, it's, 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 it's you know it's, it's been a hard hard life for Ian. I'm gonna go get some potting soil. Potting soil. I think that's what I'm gonna do today. Is that a Home Depot? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go to Home Depot and get some potting soil and I don't know. You want to look at my, look at my complete box NES game scene? No, pick, pick a few out. No, I've yeah. got a, I've got a succulent I need to transfer. Oh, Trey gave me a new succulent. Gotcha. How's how's Trey doing? Good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> my succulents are doing good too. All right, we'll get a succulent sponsor. We'll get a local local greener uh, greenery. Not a greenery. What are they called? Oh, I can't think right now. I'm all giddy. I was going to ask you if you wanted a cutting, but you've got a whole fucking front yard full of succulents. So. Well, show, show, snap a picture. I'll, yeah. Let me see. Oh, the one that I have. I, how I, big are they? How big are they? Oh, uh, the, the, my, 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 my succulent. It's, it's, I have a succulent. Uh, Big Daddy. And uh, that's I just named it now. Oh, so you cut off a piece and you can replant it? Yeah, and it? you just you transfer them. Well, yeah. let me see it. Right. I'll, I'll put you to work outside with right. my, my gardener. No, every no, Friday. I'm just going to give it to you and you oh. can do what you want with it. Okay, because I have a couple spaces out front. I need it's to. very hardy. It's hardy? Th- th- it's fucking breaking out of its pot. Literally breaking its pot right now. Okay. I have, I have, I, I had one in my, um, in, in the condo. I had one on the, I had one on the, on the balcony of my condo. I remember that just sitting there. I, it, oh yeah, it was there for years. It, 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 was, it was alive. I kept Francis. It alive. What the hell happened to that? Did I bring that with me? Did, oh, Frank took it. But I kept it alive. That was the only plant I had. But I, it was big and it was busting out. And I kept watering it you know, like once a week. I almost missed that condo. You missed the condo. No, you miss how nuts I get because I was so cramped into. No, nah, I was always waiting for something to fall out of me. <laughs> <laughs> You've knocked more stuff from my Turbo Graphics. Oh, fucking past. shelf better. What? Even shelf better. Shelf better. Do a better job. You make you make shelf, you make better. shelf a verb. Yeah, shelf better. Shelf better. Maybe shelf We're done. Better. We're done. <laughs> I'm going home. We hit ninety minutes. That's when Ian's brain shuts off. No, your brain shut off about forty minutes into this one, but it was fun. Fun podcast. It was a good time. All right, everyone. See you uh, oh, next week. Maybe a writing in a day or two? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I'll write something as soon as I can fucking settle this down. I like this. I like, I like Anxious Ian. It's great. All right. We'll see you later. Bye.